0: Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Dell.com slash deals. That's Dell.com slash deals. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products
1: and MBA from Harvard Graduate School of Business. She is the founder and CEO of Mirror Digital, an interactive media and advertising company. She helps Fortune 500 brands tap into the fastest growing U.S. consumer base in the multicultural market. She has executed over 375 digital campaigns in this space for clients, including General Motors, Universal Pictures, Intel, AT&T, and Macy's. Mirror Digital is an interactive media and advertising company connecting leading brands to the growing U.S. multicultural market. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Sheila Marmon. Good morning. Did I, did I sound NPR-ish? I was trying to just change yeah. style because, you know, he, he had all you, good,
2: sounded fabulous, you know, yes. he, he had all those
1: great credits, you know, at Princeton University, you know, B.A. and M.B.A. from Harvard Graduate School of Business. I so, did <laughs> love, you know, I had to up, up, upgrade my tone, just upgrade my tone, that's all, I'm trying to upgrade my tone. Well, how are you doing, Sheila?
2: I'm doing great this morning. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, first of all, you're you're you a perfect guest for my show, Money Making Conversations, and I just try to bring talented people on the show and try to break that wall that anything can be done if you put your mind to it with a good plan and be consistent at it. And that's, that's what you're right. doing, you know. Tell us how you got started. You got we. I gave the academic credits, but how did you get started in in this work, workspace?
2: Sure, sure. You know, um, it. You start with the degrees, but, you know, I always like to tell people that the the degrees don't take you there. It's really the hustle that takes you there. So um, I'll start with that. Um, I was fortunate to, uh, you know, be blessed with some really great educational opportunities. But when thinking about creating the life of my dreams and what I really wanted, I had to make sure that I was going to be focused and working hard every single day because those degrees were not going to take me there. Right. Um, I, w- I wanted to go into multicultural marketing because I've always had an interest in what people of color were doing. And growing up in Los Angeles, which is where I'm based, we have a thriving multicultural market here. So a lot of black folks, a lot of Hispanic folks, a lot of Asian folks. And I always thought we've got more in common than the things that set us apart. And so looking at... How much we control economically and um, the growth of our population in the United States? There was just huge opportunity. Now, when you talk about
1: opportunities, you have to realize when you use the word multicultural market. Now, I noticed it said fifteen years or more you've been in the business. So, at one time, this is Rashawn because I was in radio a lot, and I. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I was with Steve Harvey morning show with our co-creating executive. Mm-hmm. So we was initially talking about the African-American market as a buyer. And then all of a sudden the term multicultural market segmentation came out and that included Hispanics. Yeah. And, and so uh, we, uh, we, we, as a buyer, I mean, Hey, we, you know, you know, we felt that we were going to lose our share of the marketing available marketing dollar to the growing Hispanic community. And so I, I felt that a lot of the publications, like Black Enterprise, a lot of advertising, we lost because the term went from the Pacific to African American to the more uh, diverse term, multicultural. Am I correct in saying that?
2: You know, um, I think that pitting us, like, I think that some people will try and put, pit our communities against one another, uh-huh. but I think that that's the wrong approach to look at it. So okay. I think that my business thrives. Because I am inclusive, Mm -hmm. um, I do know that we have to uh, talk about the growth of the multicultural market overall Mm -hmm. versus what's going on with the general market, because we're not getting our fair share of the dollars in any segment. So talking about what's going on in the African-American market I think it's only reinforced when you add what's going on in the Hispanic and the Asian market because none of us are getting our fair share. And it becomes more evident when you look at us together than just trying to say, oh, don't, don't take the African-American money and give it to the Hispanic money you know, or give it, it to the Hispanic partners.
1: Which I agree. I agree when you on your assessment of that. But it's all about, but you do, what, what I always feel is that when you do that, then you're starting to fight for a real small purse now. Like you said, we don't get our fair share. Now you kind of like, they didn't expand that budget in the in the African American. They just kind of like added some more into that pot of competition. If they would have expanded, if we went from like 20% to like 40%, I would be excited about it. But we kind of like stated that 20%. That's what you're saying in the sense of, hey, when you combine the two, and you work working out of the same budget, that's not fair. Give us a bigger, a bigger budget to work out of, and then all of a sudden we'll reach a bigger audience.
2: That's exactly right. And <clears throat> so I'm talking about the fact that all of these audiences are being underinvested in, and it makes no sense because these are the growth markets in the United States. So if you look at population growth in the United States, over the last twenty years over ninety percent of it has been driven by people of color and so if you want to grow your business in the u.s. you have to reach these consumers and going out with that message again and again and showing the data we're starting to break through and people are starting to understand that if i want my business to be successful in the united states i have to tap into this growing market and combined we're over four Trillion
1: dollars in buying power. So let me ask you this: This is always a, it kind of annoys me and uh, uh, makes me mad a little bit because of mm-hmm. uh, the fact that how the minority dollars being portrayed as a potential buyer, especially in the uh, the IT world, the technical world, the high end phone usage world. And mm-hmm. we all know that uh, statistically, that the, the minority communities use more Android phones than they use iPhones, and so. Do you do you do you get that, or am I like I said? You know, we're all privy to different levels of information. But I've always felt that the minority community was never given credit for being able to to be a, a, a buyer of the uh, surface surface laptop or the iPhone or the or the iPads. And, and they, but they want to tell us but we're into clothes, we're into food, we're into movies. we we're more entertainment buyers than tech buyers. Correct.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think the message that um, we are tech leaders is starting to come through. And I right. think that social media had a lot to do with that. So understanding that we're going to be early adopters, right. that we're going to be on the hot new app, we're going to be on the hot new platform, that we're going to be, uh, you know, driving the consumption of the new video game, all of those things um, have, have started to break through, I think, to advertisers And what I think the argument now is we don't want to just be consumers of those things. We don't want to just be buying the laptops. But we need to have our communities creating and driving the information that's being disseminated across these laptops and pushing, you know, creating the next app. So those are the things that I think um, we want to really focus on, that we don't want to just be buying this stuff. We want to be hired to help create this stuff, because Mm -hmm. we know our communities are consuming it and driving the adoption of it.
1: Yeah. On the phone is Sheila Marmon, and she's the founder and CEO of Mirror Digital, an interactive media and advertising company, which helps Fortune 500 brands tap into the uh, multicultural market. Let me ask you this. Uh, You know, we've had a pretty in-depth conversation, my point of view, from my experience, and And you're you're an active. This is what you do. I'm just the uh, outside observer. In other words, I'm the guy who who basically your campaign comes to me, and then I'm I'm trying to execute it. And so I'm trying to get as many dollars as I can to Mm -hmm. make it work. So, what exactly does your company do when you go to a Fortune 500 company? What is is there a standard uh, role that you play, or is based on the company needs when you're when you are approached?
2: It's a little bit of both. So. When I go to a Fortune 500 company and try and get them to understand the value of the multicultural market, I talk a lot about the growth of the market, some of the things I've shared here today, so that this is the fastest-growing population, that it is uh, a massive uh, buying pool so that you're looking at real dollars that could help drive the growth of your business. And then I'm also talking about the cultural nuances that make it important to be in um, what I call, you know, an authentic media space. So mm-hmm. if, uh, something like your radio show, or um, if we're going to be in print, you know, let's look at those Black Enterprise. Let's look at Essence. Let's look at Ebony. Like we need, we need to have advertisers that are advertising what I call in culture and in places that are going to create more of a connection with the consumer. Now, my work is relegated to digital, so I'm working with all the digital platforms that target people of color, and we're pushing out um, all sorts of ads, video ads. We do ads on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, We do um, large-format display ads. So we're just making sure that message is where consumers will feel like they're at home.
1: And that's important. So basically, using the word that's popular out there authentic
2: oh absolutely
1: (laughs) that's the that's the that's the marketing word that's really popular out there and i use it a lot because that's what the goal and we're trying to target a millennial generation out there and and keep it as they say keep it real to their voice keep it
2: real yes absolutely
1: to their voice Mm -hmm. now when you look at the multicultural market what is your age demographic and uh fine and also the uh i guess education and also the income
2: yeah, well, there's a wide range. Um, so I think that we're breaking down those demographic, um, <clears throat> excuse me, characteristics. Like we're not out there pitching somebody's income, but we are looking at who's driving culture. And so we're focused on uh, that millennial generation, that Gen Z generation. So you know, eighteen to thirty four is a big category. But then we also want. Some of the more professional and affluent folks as well. But when we're going out and talking about multicultural, we're really saying, okay, who is creating culture? Who are the leaders that the mass market's going to follow? Those are really our kids that are doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we spend a lot of time um, getting advertisers to understand. Cool.
1: Uh, she's on the phone with me. First time on money making conversation. Sheila Marmon, uh, Princeton B.A. from Princeton University, M.B.A. from the Harvard from Harvard Graduate School of Business. She's the founder and CEO of Mirror Digital, which is an interactive media and advertising company connecting leading brands to growing U.S. multicultural markets. When we come back, she's gonna. Tell us how to create the life of your dreams, strategies for making money, working in the multicultural market, hot trends in digital media. Wow. And advertising the importance of targeted branding today and building success. I'm back with more Money Making Conversations and I'm back with my fantastic guest. He's a first timer on Money Making conversation. A little back history on her, uh, B.A. from Princeton University, and M.B.A. from the Harvard Graduate School of Business. She's the founder and CEO of Mirror Digital, an interactive media and advertising company. She helps Fortune 500 brands tap into the fastest growing U.S. consumer base, the multicultural market. Please welcome back to the show Ms. Sheila Marmon.
2: Hi, thank you.
1: I'm trying to set you up. You're a winner. You're a winner. <laughs> well, you know, here's the cool thing about it is that where are you based in? I'm based in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California. Um, and so is there is uh, so when you're you're three hours off the time frame on the East Coast, you know, then so that so that means that you can wake up at nine and it's noon there. You can wake up at six and it's nine on the east coast. Does that affect how you do business or do you work earlier to offset the time difference when you're doing have customers along the East Coast?
2: Yeah, so my customer base is national, and, um, you know, given that we are an advertising-driven company, uh, the center of advertising really is New York City. So right. <laughs> we have to work on their hours. <laughs> so um, I'm up early and taking calls quite early on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I had to bring that out. A lot of people think that, you know, that. that's what I've talked about when I talk about that, you know, you can't set your clock to being successful. You have to set your clock to other people so you can be successful and that's the situation so if you if it's eight o'clock in la and it's 11 o'clock in uh, new york i think you need to start making some calls at five or six o'clock in the morning you know that's absolutely right you know make a make it make make act like you're at the job you might be still making you know, some eggs in the kitchen but you need to be calling somebody <laughs> you need to be calling somebody so so <laughs> Definitely. When, you, when, when you when you look at you say there's a couple of talking point questions that came to me how to create the life of your dreams. What, what exactly does that mean when I when I pulled it from my portal about questions that should I should ask you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite quotes um, is one derived from Henry David Thoreau, and it's, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you have imagined. Mm-hmm. I have that on my wall in my office. I have that on my wall in my bedroom. And what that means to me, you know, living the life you've imagined, is that, first of all, you've got to spend some time thinking about what you really want and what your priorities are as a person. Um, and this is not just about making money, though making money is a big part of it. It's also about what are you passionate about. What do you want to spend your life doing? And once you start to think through that, you know, putting in the hustle, getting up at, you know, 5 in the morning so I could talk to my East Coast clients, all those things become more effortless because it's putting you on the path to where you really want to go. So that's what I like to tell, um, you know, some young people that I mentor, that the road is going to be windy, but think about what really excites you and what really, you know, sparks your imagination because that is going to be what drives you, um, in the long term, to succeed uh, as an entrepreneur, or even in corporate America, um, doing something that you're really, really excited about.
1: Now, with that being said, um, you, you talk about uh, dreams, and I, I, would tell people that uh, myself that I've, and, and people, I say that people say I, I always tell people I've done everything I want, anything I've dreamed about that I was serious about, I've actually accomplished it. I've accomplished it. And I, it's always been accomplished because I don't live my life on a short window. I always look at these three months, six months down the line. And it's so automatic to me now, but people who live in that 30-day window really are just going from check to check. And I don't, mm-hmm. no, I don't know how you can plan your life if you're going check to check because it's a, it's a rat race and you can't, but you have to be able to convince yourself that whatever you spend in that month, that 30-day period, pay it off. If you're expending beyond that, you know, there are certain things you can't pay off, like a mortgage and certain car notes. But make sure that car note or that mortgage you, that you bring into your life doesn't overwhelm you. And so, right. so when you're talking about your dreams, that's important when I hear that because it, it becomes a major, a major part of how you vision your success, correct? Correct. And how do you how do you how do you plan it then? If you if your vision if you put a vision in place for your success, how do you plan it? How do you lay it out? Do you lay it out on a on an annual basis, or you it, it changes along the way? You're willing to make the adjustments when you set a goal and you you meet it. Do you hang on to that goal and brag about it, or you just put another goal in place?
2: Well, I think that there are a lot of tactical ways that you can attack this. So. Um, me personally, I do, uh, I do a plan for a year, so, mm-hmm. but it's hard to um, stay on course if you're only checking in once a year. So you've got to also put in milestones along the way to right. see if you're getting there. Uh, and those can be quarterly, those can be monthly, they can be however frequently you think that you need to, to check in with yourself. I check in on a monthly basis. I'm saying, okay, you know, I had this priority for this month. <laughs> right. Did I get that done? Right. Um, and, and that's really what's worked for me. Um, for people who are more visual, I think a vision board is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, reminds you on a daily basis you know these are the things i want to manifest in my life and how am i going to get there
1: you know it was really interesting mm-hmm. when i was growing up um, you know i grew up in an inner city and uh, the high school doesn't even exist anymore and, um, and so i remember we, i used to get in my little beat, beat up little pinto because it, uh, it was beat up because uh, the band students set on my hood of my car and put a dent in it and i couldn't afford to fix it so it was always had this this permanent little behind imprint on the front of my mm-hmm. car <laughs> and I used to drive through neighborhoods. I used to drive through neighborhoods I, that, that were beyond my lifestyle. And I used to look at cars. And, and I, that was way before vision boards were in existence. And I and I look at my life now. I drive the cars I thought about in high school. I live the house that I used to drive through the neighborhoods. And so when it, when the opportunities came my way, that's why I always tell people, don't ignore what, the opportunity. Plan for the opportunity. You know, if you, if you, if you feel that you have never reached something— then guess what? When the opportunity comes, then you get confused. So so when the opportunity came for me to buy an expensive car, I wasn't confused. I just I was just picking out options because my mindset was already there. And mm-hmm. that's all you're talking. It's about mindset. And I, oh, yeah. I I enjoy talking to you because that's what you're talking about. When you talk about vision boards, you talk about opportunities, you talk about planning, you talk about all these things in the digital space that we didn't have, now it's available in the digital space, which makes it moves a lot move a lot faster. So you don't have to drive through a neighborhood like I drove through. You can, just get, you can just go online and just see a house and just print it out and put it on your wall.
2: Yep. <laughs> you sure can.
1: You know, you can just go through all these things. Like, you know, it's it's really, really important that people understand is that in your ability to have a dream, the plan is a lot more important now because you can actually get your dream and put it right in front of you. You know, you can put a picture of a college you want to go to. You can put a picture of a person you want to date. You can put a picture of a type of food that you like to eat. You put a picture of the house you want to live. All that can be put in front of you. That's called the vision board.
2: Mm -hmm. But don't
1: become married to the vision board if changes come about. That's what she's saying.
2: Well, you know, one, I love, I mean, I love the vision board. I love the plan. But with the plan has to come the hustle. So that's the part <laughs> we got to remind folks about, too, right? Right, so,
1: right, 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 right. right.
2: <laughs> you can have the pictures up there, but you also have to work towards those things because and the, the, have a path that's right. going to get you from where you are today to where you want to be. Here's
1: another question that came from your portal, strategies for making money. What are your, some of your strategies for making
2: money? So my strategies for making money is, um, or I guess I would say my mantra, is really know your craft. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of um, folks don't value that as much as we might want to because it's really important for you to be excellent at what you deliver and what you do. Um, You know, you can start a business, but you want to be the best, and you want to make sure that what you're bringing to the table is different from everybody else that's out there. So how do you, um, you know, put in the time and make sure you really know what you're doing and really know what you're talking about? Um, and that's what—that's another part of, you know, I go back to one of my favorite words. That's, that's part of the hustle. Like you got to learn.
1: That's absolutely true. Now, what is the what is the difference? Mm-hmm. Okay, th- just to explain to everybody. You have the general market, and then you have the multicultural market. What is the difference?
2: So, well, you know, it's interesting. So historically, what the general market has re- referred to um, white people, basically, yeah. and then the multicultural market, <laughs> and then people of color. And those have been advertising terms that have been used uh, in our industry for a long time. But what, you know, what, the way we're starting to talk and starting to help people understand is that the multicultural market is the new general market and that our population in the United States, we, it's 40% of the total population. So we're, you know, people still sometimes say minority, and it was like, we're not going to be a minority for long, so it's, we've got to change our mindset and how we view ourselves that we are the general market now, and we are going to be the uh, driving opportunity for, for businesses, and we should, we should take advantage of that, in terms of participating in the growth and the wealth that's gonna be created.
1: Wealth is the key. The advantage and is the key as well. And now just a quick bar I got a minute left. Just give us some hot trends in digital media and advertisers that you feel is important in targeting branding today and building your success.
2: Oh absolutely so um a couple of things. I think that data and um Finding data on the consumers that you want to reach out to and incorporating those in your advertising campaigns is really important and something that you can do in digital. So if I want people only in a certain neighborhood, or if I only want mothers, or if I want people who go to the movies three times a week. There are different ways to segment those markets. So you can make your dollars go um, faster. And then I also think social media, going back to that word authenticity, we want to make sure we have the voices that are diverse voices that really represent us. So how do we um, make sure we're aligning ourselves with those people? You're we fantastic. can help you do both of those things, and those are really, really important today.
1: On the phone today, I interviewed Miss Sheila Mar- Marmon. And, uh, you're fantastic. I want to invite you back on the show. If you have time, please put me in your schedule. You're an amazing
0: guest, and keep being successful on the West Coast.